it is what it is. I mean, I get the frustration. I'm, I'm frustrated myself. I'm giving myself until You're Montreal. You're not frustrated. Get out of here, I man. Am. I am. I am. He's cashing those checks. Shut up. Phil Neville got coach of the match of the week of whatever. Phil Neville for president. Sure. It's okay to up. say this guy isn't working out because he was obviously not working out. Which, by the way. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 61 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me is Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? I'm splendid. Yeah. What a game, huh? What a game. <laughs> it was a fun game. Um, what a game, right? It was awesome. I've, I've heard a lot of people um, defending Javi. Obviously, because it was no fault of his that we lost. And we're going to get into all that and more. But before we do, uh, we have a very special guest. We have Mr. IMCF Traveler. He is joining us to talk a little Phil and Javi and all that other good stuff. How you doing, IMCF? I cannot complain. I, I mean, I could, but, you know, then the comments are just going to come after me and uh, specifically that Matthew guy. I mean, he's he's a special one. Yeah, for sure. And 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 you and you don't really have much to complain about, especially out there in St. Louis, right, Vasilev? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my boy Indy, or well, myself. Uh, I, I drew a penalty on Saturday, and I'll help lead my team to victory again. <laughs> uh, but before we actually, I wanted to get in before we get into the game, I want to get a couple of things, but I do have a question for you. You bought a St. Louis jersey. Now, what is your infatuation with Vasilev to the extent that you're buying a jersey for St. Louis? Uh, I just love the dude. I mean, I the backstory is when he first joined the club, I I met him. Uh, we ran into each other just randomly, and oh, I, I had a really good chat with him. We exchanged Snapchats and stuff and talked from there. And then between him and Bryce, uh, we talked more and more, and I'm just like, all right, like, this dude's cool, and uh, I, I like him as a person. So, Are you playing buying like, a Bryce jersey also? Uh, well, I, fun fact, I bought a Bryce uh, Duke jersey before the season started, and well, we saw what happened. Yeah, uh, I, I got an I made Mabika jersey that? before the before the uh, season started too. So he's just sabotaging us. So That's what I, it I is. know that you you got a an Ian Frey jersey recently also. So his time with us is also not going to be very long. So <laughs> I, I got an Ian Frey jersey and I I got it as a joke with the uh, the Discord chat uh, the IMPC discord chat and we turned around and he got the start in the u.s open cup game and i proudly uh, proclaimed beforehand i was like all right if ian frey gets the start i'm buying an ian frey jersey and he got the start i held up my end of it and went out and bought an ian frey jersey well he's Uh, actually playing well so i'm hoping that your jinx doesn't work yeah Yeah. And, and I had no intent of getting that jersey signed or anything. I wanted it to be my new like jersey to wear. Uh, that jersey only lasted eleven days before it got signed on Saturday, because Obvious. the signature of death. 
because uh, I was sitting in uh, the West Stand because I'm fancy like that. And ha- I actually ended up sitting in front of Ian Frey's dad. And Ian Frey's dad tapped me on the back up at the beginning of the game. Just randomly. Oh, he saw your jersey. Yeah. And he was like, nice jersey, man. He's like, thanks, man. <laughs> and then one of his friends points at him and is like, that's his dad. I was like, the fuck you are? Oh, that's pretty cool. He's like, oh, yeah. So, so it was cool seeing him score then. Oh, oh it, it was an amazing moment seeing him score. And oh, his dad saw that, you know, I had the, on Saturday, that they had the uh, drive out cancer signs. And he saw that I had the sign that yeah. said, you know, uh, you know, I fight for my mother. And yeah. he turned around, and he gave me a big hug, and he just looked at me and he said, That goal was for you. That's, That's awesome. Nice. And yeah. then after the match, I was hanging out with the Greenlock gang, and Ian Frey walks over, and his dad points me out. He's like, Ian, Ian, that's the guy with your jersey. So Ian comes over, we chat a little bit. Oh, that's cool. And, and then uh, Mike from the Greenlock gang hands Ian Frey a Sharpie, spins me around, and says, You have to sign the jersey. Oh, nice. That's great. So the jersey's now signed, and uh, eventually going to get hung up and join the group of i think eight other ones of i have x, framed of x uh, into miami players yes and then i'll buy his jersey whenever he moves <laughs> all right well that was a happy ending to saturday but obviously saturday was no uh it, it wasn't a happy situation during the game but no. before we get into the game i did want to touch on what did you guys think of the parking situation because the yellow lot pretty big lot closed i don't know where all those cars went um i mean i got there early enough where it wasn't an issue for me but did you have any issue with parking i guess i'll start with you chris well i i parked over in the orange lot and i had no issues getting there it was actually pretty smooth and let me tell you something surprisingly i got in my car and left in 20 seconds from that parking lot so secretly it's like a pretty underrated parking lot because i left faster than I ever could imagine leaving the yellow lot. And I'm not telling anybody in what direction I went in leaving in 20 seconds because that exit looks like a disaster. So what about you, Trav? Oh, Trav Trav is showing off his Vasilev jersey. Oh, boy. And then the Ian Frey jersey before that. Uh, Oh, and then a face reveal. Uh, hey, there see, we I'm go. not oh, Phil no, Neville, guys. For fuck's you, sake, you gotta go, big, that screen. Gotta go big screen. Now, I, I'm French for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> You're not Vasilev either, so that's no, good. I, I'm not Indy Vasilev either. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm bougie and I park in the green lot because that's who I am, so it, it didn't affect me. But a lot of the people I talked to said it wasn't horrible because. Inner Miami did a good job of setting up shuttles and yes. setting up ways for people to get back and forth. And they ran those shuttles late. Uh, you know, they ran them until almost 11 o'clock. Yeah. You know, so people could have hung out. They could have gone to the Northwest Club. They could have turned around and gone to whatever they wanted to do after the match and still caught a shuttle later on. I mean, I didn't have any issues either, so I- I'm with you guys. Uh, I- I well, you're bougie was- too, bitch. You parked in the freaking pink lot because you got a because you got a freebie <laughs> handout. 
the pink lot. Isn't that like basically in the uh, like airport? It's possible. We don't talk about those things, Chris. I appreciate (laughs) if you just keep your mouth shut. Uh, Um, I won't speak anymore. I also had a pretty decent time parking in and out. No issues with me. Um, All right. So on to the field. Fifth straight loss. Now, what what, what, was Thursday that Phil Neville got fired, right? It was Thursday. So yeah, about. Phil Neville gets, gets fired on Thursday. He has one day of training, and then we have the game on Saturday. There was only one change made to the starting 11, and it was he benched Campana, he brought in Stefanelli. That was the change. And was it six minutes into the game? Kamal Miller gets that red card, and he has a decision to make. He has to bring in a defender, right? He has to bring another center back to, to kind of replace Kamal Miller. But I was kind of surprised that he took out Stefanelli. But to me, that was the change in the formation from Wednesday, the Red Bull games, to Saturday, was Stefanelli. As soon as the red card comes out, Stefanelli is out. We have no idea what exactly Javi Morales had in mind as far as tactics or formation or whatever. Whatever change was coming, it went out the window when Stefanelli had to leave the game. So... Could we really judge this game or judge Javi Morales on this? Because that's really my question. Because I feel like it's a no. I feel like it's, it's inconclusive. Like, Trav, do you think we could judge before I go to Chris? He's already smiling. Uh, it, it, yes and no. I mean, the fact that it took, what was it, 60-plus minutes for DC to get a goal against a 10-man squad, and then the goal they got was one of the weirder goals you'll see mm-hmm. oh i that was headed towards the back post tipped on net by a forward making a run and then caught between the, the forwards leg the post and drake calendar's leg drake was trying to pull it out it got caught and then got pushed in so the fact that it took 60 you know plus minutes for DC to score against a 10 man inner Miami team. It, it is impressive and shows you know, a, a lot of fight for this squad. And you know, especially, you know, by then, you know, we had a midfield of teenagers, our midfield, yep. by the time they scored, that was Ian Frey, Benja Kramaski and David Ruiz since Arroyo left with a groin injury. injury. So I thought it showed a lot of fight, and I think it's a game that oh, if we don't get that fifth-minute red card, Miami wins. Oh, And I don't think it's pretty. I, I think D.C. plays a style of football that turns around and is very gritty, and they play a style and where they want to wear you down and eventually play balls over the top to Benteke, which is how they scored their second goal. And I, it, 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 it's a game that Miami could have won if it wasn't for a, a tackle that arguably Kamal Miller needed to make. Yes, I agree. He had to make it because it was a one-on-one. But at the same time, Drake has saved a lot of those one-on-one situations. So I think off of instinct, he did it. But there's no guarantee that they would have scored. Um I have the unfortunate pleasure of sitting next to Chris during these games. And as the game's going on and DC scores, he starts talking about and yelling about 
we had to respect Phil Neville and blah, blah, blah. Chris, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on the game and Javi Morales' debut because I know that this is your chance to kind of go ahead and defend Phil Neville. So go ahead, sir, and, and give us your irrational explanation as to what happened on Saturday. I'm going to agree here with Hazel Lopez. It's too early to fire Javi Morales, right? And and shout out to you, Hazel. I met you at the park and your kids. It was awesome. Super, super cool people, man. But this right here, hold on, where is this? This is, this is, this right here is blasphemy. For those that are listening on audio, Matthew, if this game was under Phil, we would have given up a goal in the 10th minute. Like, I, we got to be watching the same game here. Our defense isn't giving up goal after goal, or we're not giving up goals like in two, three minutes. Um, well, and, and the big thing to remember, well, that a lot of people seem to forget is Miami's not losing in blowouts this year. I, I mean, our goal differential is what? Negative nine? Oh, I think pretty much all but one of our losses have been by one goal. Oh, they're one nothing or two, you know, one losses. But can you really blame the defense when they're only letting up one goal or two goals at a maximum a game? We have a and, goal differential of negative six. Thank you. And you you can't you, you can't blame the defense when you're only letting up one or two goals at a maximum a game. It, it comes down to you know your two high paid strikers who quite frankly aren't doing their job uh, both of them have three goals on the season and it's both of them sad. have three goals because yeah. two of their goals came in one match uh, I, but Campana, I, I Campana had two against Columbus Josef had two against Atlanta Atlanta yeah but I agree with You're you done. to an extent because I, I really do believe that our defense has played horrible this year Get I don't. I I see so many clear opportunities, and Drake has been. How many one-on-one opportunities has he stopped? Just this game alone, there was one that he was that somebody was coming down the the, the left flank, and it was a one-on-one shot, and and he just stopped it. I think he tried to nutmeg Drake, and he he blocked it with his hand. Like this, I feel like there's been way too many easy opportunities for the opponents that Drake has somehow saved the team because I feel like. There's absolutely no reason why Drake should be. Last time I checked, he was second in saves in the league. If you have a good defense, there's no reason your goalie should be second in the league in saves. Like you, should, maybe you could be up there, I, I, because you're a good goalie or whatnot. But if you have a good defense, like last year, this kid Blake from Philly, they had the best defense in the league. He won goalie of the year. I don't think he was top five in saves. But Drake, right now, he might be one at this point because. It's all Drake. I feel and and I feel like we have good defensive players. Don't get me wrong. I really do. I, I love Miller. I love Kristoff. But together, I just don't know why they haven't gelled. Chris, listen. I I, I have a question that I want to ask, but of course, I am CF's favorite attorney. Finally shows up, and I think if I'm not mistaken, Andres, with your attorney picture, I think you are part of the Facebook group. And here he says that he loves the fight that he saw. And one of the things that I mentioned on this Facebook group is this team had fight all season long last year. But Chris, they were literally called, year. hold on, they were literally called the cardiac herons for, for herons for a reason. And every single post game, everybody, and, and, and not just the coaching, 
not just the coaches, but the players are like, oh, we show fight and grit every minute. Blah, 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 blah. But then now, Javi Morales coaches one game, and because we conceded two goals and we fought hard and all this other kind of mumbo-jumbo sportsy crap, right? We got grit. We're tough. We're strong. Brr. Get out of here. That's one. And now my question, Danny, is, and I brought this up during the game, do you think that it was the right play to bring Stefanelli off? Because I don't. I don't think that was the right play. You're bringing in Sailor. This guy, I mean, what what is he going to contribute? You're going to have to play. You're going to have to play defense anyway, right? Look, I you had to sub. You had to sub in another center back, especially in the beginning of the game. Now I don't know if if taking Stefanelli off was the right move. I maybe we would have taken off Coco. I kind of wanted to see what Stefanelli had to offer, since this was the one change that that Javi Morales felt was needed from the Red Bulls game, and he felt so highly about the change that he took Campana off. So I really wanted to see what he had in mind with Stefanelli. So for that reason, I, I thought it was weird that Stefanelli was the one that got taken off, but he had to bring in either McVay or Sailor. I, like, that was a necessary uh, change. Well, and what do you t- think, Trav? Uh, I, I think Vegas just scored again. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I think that you know, ultimately, Javi made the right decision to bring in a defender and specifically for Stefanelli. Stefanelli likes to play high. He likes to be in the attack and he's a left sided player. Stefanelli hasn't, he struggled when he's been put on the right and he plays with his left foot and likes to play down the left, uh, left hand side. So, do you need a player like that on the pitch? When you have Negri on the pitch and we're now going to move to a back five and sit in this oh, five, three, one block. No, you don't. And especially, you know, a player of Stefanelli's stature, he's a oh, what five foot five, five foot six, you know, winger slash striker. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't fit into this match. And at least Somebody like Coco is a right-handed player, a right-footed player who can play down the right side and worked in the basically right-wing-back role he had to play in. And that's what he did. He played, honestly, one of Coco's better games, and he was forced into a position he's not comfortable in and not used to. And he put in a great shift before being replaced by Robert Taylor. Well, he, he did change to a five three one after the after the yeah. red card. I just thought that he could have stayed with four in the back for a little while, see how they held up. Um, like I said, I would I would just wanted to see Stefanelli out there. I thought it was very curious that that was the one change that he made. So I kind of wanted to see what Stefanelli had to offer. Because um, well, I imagine that he I imagine that he probably thought, well, Ruiz and Kramashi are going to offer me more on both sides of the ball, right? Arroyo is a no is a no brainer. He's staying in, right? So it was either Stefanelli or one of the two up front. So I I understand in terms of who he chose to replace. I just don't know if that helped in resisting a goal, like because the goal was going to come regardless. I mean, there was just tons of pressure, and like you said, you have Calendar making a bunch of saves. <laughs> 
you know, it's it's definitely not helping, Danny. Well, to that to that point of calendar, I looked it up, and he is now officially the leader in the league in saves. He has 65 saves this season. Uh, second place is Petrovic with, from New England with 62, which we'll see this Saturday. And then third place is Austin Struver, 58. So he is – they're getting shots on goal with, on our defense. Now, I did think our defense looked solid this past weekend. Uh, I thought that they were holding up and covering up those those uh, those backdoor cuts, I guess you would say, in basketball. I, don't, I just blanked on soccer talk. But – I thought that they did a good, a pretty good job defending, and I, I was impressed with, with the fight. Now, I know that Chris said that it's BS because last year the team showed fight with Phil Neville, but that was last season. I feel like it had gotten to a point where I kept saying, maybe even if it's not Phil Neville's fault, you need a new voice. I felt like after this, the team was going to have a little more energy. I think if <laughs> Phil is still there, you're still kind of – have that cloud over your head of all the drama and whatnot. So I think that it, they, I don't think they would have shown as much fight as they did with Javi on the, on the, on the sideline. I think that that did help. I think that did contribute to the fight that everybody's saying that they showed. And I don't think that it would have been like that if Phil was still on there. Am I, am I wrong for thinking that Trev? I think so. My bigger issue with the whole Phil sacking is mm -hmm. Less about like him not deserving to be sacked. It, this was coming. Yeah, we, sure. we can all agree this was coming. Yes, it, it's more so the timing. We were three matches away from the international break, which is when and, I thought it would happen, and from knowing the answer from he who shall not be named until later because I don't want the chat <laughs> to go crazy. Oh, fucking yeah, yeah and crazier than they already are, yeah. and. People are talking about bumper stickers already, Trav. I mean, well, th that's th that's a fun photo that's uh, making the rounds right now. Of I think it was like a Hyundai or something. Yeah, outside Laporta's house with an IMCF uh, sticker as like Jorge Messi walks in. I mean, the driver like... of that the driver of that house the driver of that car was probably hoofing on a bong inside of the house. Like, yeah, and you know, and, and I guess I can dive into it even though i hate myself uh <laughs> we'll know within the next 72 to 96 hours uh every report out there has finally kind of reported the same thing minus some of the barcelona bs uh there's two offers on the table actual offers one from saudi arabia one from inter miami the saudi arabia deal is upwards of four to five hundred million dollars a oh year. Oh my goodness. You can't compete with uh, that. What? The inner Miami deal is less Five in terms of cash. Sandwich. Uh you know, he he would not only break, he would shatter the MLS uh salary record, which is currently mm, held by uh, Lorenzo Insignia. Yeah. He he no, would absolutely shatter that. But his total deal would include a deal with MLS in where you know, he's made the face of the league and gets a portion of league revenue and all of that. There's a deal with Apple in where he gets a, a portion of Apple uh, MLS season pass uh, subscriber revenue. Whoa. There's a deal with Adidas in where you know, he gets a portion of fuck of for nothing. Uh, oh! 
my goodness. Uh, where he gets a portion of jersey sales for the league. And then there is a piece of it with Inner Miami where he gets about, I believe the number I last heard was about 10 to 15% of Inner Miami CF after he calls it quit or his contract expires, whatever happens. Uh, so it, it ends up being closer to a uh, like $250, $300 million offer when all of that's taken into account by Inter-Miami and by expansion MLS, Apple, and Adidas. I know a lot of people are saying that Inter-Miami cannot compete or MLS can't compete with that Saudi offer. But you have to keep in mind, the Saudi offer gives them money for two years. If he takes the Inter-Miami offer, that's a lifetime of money that's going to be keep coming in because he's going to have a percentage of yeah. Inter-Miami, for example, whatever else that they offer him. Those are those are lifelong contracts or, or lifelong investment into a club that's going to continue yeah. to grow, especially when he comes over here. Globally, the club will grow. So, yes, yeah. in the short term, yes, I understand that the money's bigger in Saudi Arabia. But if you're talking money, long term, it's the MLS deal. Well, that and you know, MLS against Saudi Arabia. You know, would you rather live in Miami or fuck's the Saudi Arabia? Arabia. Uh, Riyadh, Riyadh, I think. Got it. If I got that wrong, I'm going to disappear at the next match. Uh, but, and that's that's been the big thing. And from everything I've heard and read is that that's weighed heavily on not only Messi, but his wife and family. Where do they want to live? Do they want to live in Miami where they already have property? They already have a very wide Argentine supporter base here? Or do they want to live in Saudi Arabia where they've kind of been lucky in a sense to see for the past six to eight months what's gone on with Cristiano Ronaldo? Oh, he has kind of fallen by the wayside. He hasn't really performed there. And yes, he's dropped off more significant than Messi has, but he's kind of dropped off in terms of being a face of football like both of them have been for, what, the past 15 to 20 years. His reputation's taken a a dramatic hit. I think that's the thing, though. Like, If I wanted to watch this weekend Saudi Arabia match, where the hell do I find that? Like, I have absolutely no idea. If Messi comes to play in the MLS, everybody around the world knows, just get the Apple app, and I could watch Messi play whenever I want. So it, it's it's a legacy play also because his career continues to live on worldwide if he comes to the MLS. Um, I, I just, for me, I, I just don't see Saudi Arabia as an option, but I do think that La Liga will do absolutely anything possible to keep Messi there. Because Benzema left the Barcelona Real Madrid rivalry and all that other stuff that was while you know Ronaldo and Messi were there, it was like it was peak of soccer right now or in Europe for a decade. And it's kind of just fizzled out. Like nobody really talks about La Liga anymore all that much. Now it's yeah. back to the just the EPL. So I I would assume that they would do absolutely everything possible to get him to go back. Yeah, and, and the issue with that is one, Real Madrid's already kind of gone after La Liga and Barcelona for 
just Fair kind play. of how much leeway they've given them mm-hmm. and you know their ability to you know last year i'll be poor and not be able to sign anybody and then go spend they still sign in yeah. the transfer market mm-hmm. so for a lot of those other clubs in the league it doesn't add up and it wouldn't add up to bring in Messi, even if he came and played for free which he wouldn't oh well, they they technically shouldn't be able to afford him Oh, well, they they're supposed to shed 225 million dollars in salary this off season for la liga salary rules and oh well, in, instead of doing that they're talking about signing a you know 30 million dollar player it, it doesn't add up and that's why oh, one this is dragged out as long as it has and why it's going to end you know so soon now because he Messi and Jorge Messi both want answers now. They both want to know their future and they want to know it before we get to July 1st and before he has to go, you know, pick a club and yeah. you know, start, you know, basically touring with them and you know, going anywhere with them. Uh, I'll, we'll end the Messi talk with this. Do you think there's absolutely any truth in the we'll pay Messi for two years to play overseas in Barcelona? And then he can come over here as a 30-year-old, uh, hobbled, close to the end, messy. 40-year-old. No. No, he'll be 30. It, it, there's absolutely zero truth to that. Okay. Uh, Miami wants Messi. Miami is not working on any sort of a deal where uh, Messi comes and plays here for, you know, six months. And then in January, we send him to Barcelona to, you know, save their season or whatever. There's there's no agreement like that that was just some classic barcelona oh, media circus bullshit yeah no, it made no and sense to me i, I did understand how anybody could any take sense. that seriously and, and, and that's the thing with you know guys like fab and you know other guys like that is they're they're controlled by you know big clubs like that because you know, those clubs are you know sending you know fab uh you know, Venmo payments, and they're like, hey, you know, just push this story a little bit. And same thing with agents and stuff like that. Yeah. And I could see that. You know, they're, they're pushing a story like that and they're pushing all the whole La Liga thing to turn around, and make it when they don't land Messi. Be like, no, it, it was in Miami. They wouldn't loan him back to us. Or, you know, nope, it was La Liga. They wouldn't allow this to happen. And, yeah. and just to point the blame somewhere else. And then I'll comment on one thing that Matthew said because uh, it, it's wrong. And if you guys want to bring it up, it's the so we have 1.5 million Gamish. Yeah, because money, uh, money, Matt. Yeah, because money, Matt Stat over here is is talking about Gam and Tam. I mean, what what is it that we can even be able to foresee in our near future with all that kind of money? So Miami acquired 1.3 million dollars in Gam in the. Uh, Kamal Miller trade. Uh, we also acquired another 150,000 uh, when we turned around and traded Aime Mabika. So he is right. We have about $1.5 million scam. However, we cannot sign two DPs unless Pizarro does get bought out. Uh, that would be a mutual buyout. His salary cap hit would come off the books and all of that. And MLS made it this. Mm -hmm. 
Not not really. I feel like uh, it was the Messi rule. Well, the Messi rule was that now you can buy out players in the summer. Exactly. Uh, what we can do is right now Miami's using all three DP spots. Uh, Leo Campana, uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, and Gregory. Gregory. Take up your three DP spots. Gregory only takes up a DP spot because we haven't bought him down. He's a TAM player. Mm-hmm. So Miami will, regardless of if we sign Messi or if we don't sign Messi, will on July 1st pay the, uh, I believe it's like $700,000 in GAM to buy down Gregory and make him not a DP. Uh, at that time, depending on who Miami is interested in addition, they can either buy out Rodolfo Pizarro or use the remaining 700000 in GAM they'll have to sign another TAM player and bring them in and uh, make them not a DP. Miami is looking at making two additions in this summer window, whether it's Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets or I want no Messi and somebody else. Regardless of what it is, Miami is going to make two additions come July. Miami does have multiple backups. Miami has not done six months of this. You know, we're waiting for without a plan B, without a plan B, C, D, and E. And this has all been calculated and has been done for a reason. Right. Miami, more likely than not, will not sell any players this window. Uh, Nick Marsman's the only one I've heard potentially on the block. Uh, Rodolfo Pizarro has obviously been on the block since uh, January. Robbie, Robbie Robinson is on the block. He has been on the block. Uh, he's been banished to the shadow realm. Uh, today, instead of training, he was fishing. Uh, so I'm glad him and I live the same uh, lifestyle. <laughs> but... <laughs> Miami does, surprisingly, even with the sanctions, have a lot of flexibility. And it's part of the reason why I think, you know, the harshness on Phil Neville this past year was a bit unwarranted. We knowingly spent half this season playing down, not playing with a full roster, playing without a DP number 10. Alejandro Pozuelo wanted to return in January. He wanted to come back to the club. He was willing to accept a a very, very low DP deal, like just barely over the amount that it would have cost us to buy him down to a non-DP. And we had to say no. We talked to him and talked to him and talked to him for well over two months about bringing him back, and we couldn't make the numbers work if we just couldn't make the numbers work with the sanctions. So Miami's played but, half the season with an incomplete squad. But and and I was to, uh, bringing up when you were talking about Pozuelo, I'm I'm looking into it and it apparently his contract expires June 30th of 2023. Mm-hmm. So like potentially he can potentially be one of those people who can potentially be allegedly 
coming back I, to Miami. I was joking about that months ago. Never that I think that Chris Henderson can't do that. Listen, I just looked it's at like it right now. On, I believe you. I'm just it, saying, like, I can't how stupid wait. Would you I can't look? wait. I can't wait till that happens. So Chris Hendo looks like a freaking clown. Pazuelo still, even now, wants to return. He, there's no hard feelings between Inter Miami and Alejandro Pazuelo. He left on mutual terms. He understood what Miami is trying, trying to, to do. do. Right. Oh, and he, quite frankly, doesn't blame us. If you can turn around and get a player like Lionel Messi, you need to sacrifice for it. In the eyes of the players, the club, and the league, that is a sacrifice you make. And I, mean, I, I you know, want, Messi, and yes, and you know, we're, we're shit. We're five and 11. We're last in the East. We're at the bottom of the power rankings. We fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, but it, it was this calculated gamble that was made. And that's why if you see Jorge Moss right now, he's apologizing. He apologized to the supporter groups after they filed, fired Phil Neville. And basically said, we didn't think it was going to be this bad. We thought it was going to be rough. We didn't think it was going to be this bad. Yeah. On Saturday, I said goodbye to Jorge Mas as he walked out the stadium. And his response was, I'm sorry. Things are going to get better. Trust me. So they took this calculated gamble and said, you know, we're going to build this kind of makeshift team that Mm -hmm. should be able to compete without Mm – a DP number 10 and oh, that central midfielder that we're holding out money for. But we have to take that risk. We have to gamble for Lionel Messi. And it's n- not yeah. just us who is, is doing this gamble. It's MLS. It's Apple. It's Adidas. It's, it's the four biggest players in the league are say in terms of league finances are saying you have to do everything humanly possible to make this work. Well, Rob Wise here said that he, he thinks that it a would make more comment. sense. Go ahead to put uh, a more competitive team on the field rather than continue to live this messy pipe dream. I understand where you're coming from, but I feel like attaining Messi would be the biggest move in MLS history. And that's not hyperbole. That is a fact. That is the biggest move in MLS history. And if you have the opportunity to be the team that makes a move like that, you sacrifice half the season to do it. Now, as a fan, as a season ticket holder like Chris and I are, and and Trav, you're also a, a season ticket holder, it sucks. It sucks watching the team win. And I also believe that the roster, although it's banged up, shouldn't be as bad as it is. I think we should have a couple of draws in there. And with just three draws, let's say, all of a sudden – we are no longer last place in the East. We are now, I don't know, like 11th or 12th in the East, which isn't a huge difference, but we shouldn't be this bad. But you make this, this gamble. You have to because you have the opportunity to change your franchise. This, this brand goes global as soon as Messi arrives. Everybody knows who Inter Miami is if they don't already. So well, you make I- that gamble. I think the I think the I think the better just a quicker way of saying it is I mean Rob is not wrong for what he's stating it's just mm-hmm. that it seems like the organization is willing to be able to take the loss on the couple hundred 
of fans that are going to leave in this taste of what the team is. But I mean, but but there are people that are turned off by what's going on here. You can't discount that. Yeah, and as soon as Messi shows up, as soon as Messi shows up, they're going to be running around with Messi shirts in the air. Well, that's that's my point. My point is, is they're willing to take the loss on the fifty hundred fans that they're going to lose on the on the bad, you know, poor play now versus getting the hundreds and thousands of influx fans that are going to come in just because Messi, you know, signs on that dotted line. So I understand where he's coming from, but I think, like you said, the organization has a a, a bigger play here, which, I mean, at this point, Messi's a freaking unicorn, bro. I'm so tired of all that nonsense behind him. We're talking about bumper stickers. It's more so, you know, the big thing is story broke in November about, I think it was David Ornstein broke the story that, you know, Messi's coming to Miami. You know, this is real. Messi's coming to Miami. In the four days following that announcement, Inter-Miami sold 7,000 season tickets. Yes. That was a news article about Messi maybe coming to Miami. Mm -hmm. In November of the year prior to it being able to happen, Miami's attendance is up, I believe, 40% this year. And it's not because we're a good team. Look at our record. We're not good. Because all of these people who want to get in the door now and be able to say when it does happen, I I was an Inter-Miami fan during the bad times of uh, early 2023. Mm -hmm. And... you know, be able to, you know, have their claim. And then, you know, there's also a ton of people. And it's the whole reason that tickets for July moving forward haven't been officially released yet. Yep. There's a ton of people that bought season tickets because they know that very first messy match is a thousand dollars no matter where you are in the stadium. You, know, you could be in, you know, the top row of the South End, or you could be in, you know, dead of the middle in a suite you're going to turn around and sell that first game for five hundred dollars plus a ticket yes and, and I, just, I, I, I know so many people that bought season tickets just because like that messy game that that, that will pay for uh the, the, the whole year this year next year the year after that it'll pay for you know florida panthers season tickets too for the next four years Oh, and, uh, and truly, I, I bought extra tickets to the League's Cup. Oh, I don't give a shit about that tournament. I think it's the stupidest tournament we could have played in. But are you kidding me? If Messi's first match is against Cruz Azul, I'm going to fucking post that shit for, you know, $3,000 a ticket and sit back and drink margaritas. Everybody's really going to be at that I'm Cruz Azul I'm going to be really, game. really upset if he makes his debut during the stupid League's Cup. I'm going to be mean, really upset if that's That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's part of the plan, actually, is for his debut to be against Cruz Azul. <laughs> well, is the least cup on Apple TV? Because if it's yeah. not, it's not happening. Or if it I is, then, it. then there's a chance. But if it's not on Apple TV, no chance Messi makes his debut on, on the Leagues Cup. Yeah. And then so. I, I see people putting in, you know, playing Hard Rock. There's been discussions about that. There's been discussions about what the hell you do about security at Dryping Stadium where they walk from the training ground across the street into the stadium. Oh They've had every single one of these discussions. 
there's only four or five people within the club that know what that truly know what's happening. And there's a fair belief that, oh, there's a very, very, very good chance that come the end of this week, you can go buy a jersey from the team store with Messi number 10 on the back of it. Oh, Trav, stop talking. That's it. Uh, this guy's getting uh, me Okay, peace out, guys. He's getting me I got a bottle of rum. There's calling my name. This this guy just said that by the end of the week, I could buy a Messi jersey. What are you doing to me, Trav? I mean, you, can't get, me? you can't well, get jerseys customized. else has to, too. Oh, <laughs> I'd say fuck. Is it fine? Might as well just jump out my mouth. All right. Um, all right. So let's let, let's let's take a step back. Back to Saturday. Uh, uh, Messi wasn't there on Saturday. Five Thank straight God. losses, and um, like like everybody's saying, they thought that they fought pretty well, being down ten men, and they played ten men for over ninety minutes because with the extra time that they gave, it was well over ninety minutes that they were out <laughs> with ten guys out there. My question: A lot of people blaming the refs. Do you put a lot of stock on that ref blame? Because they had a rough game, but I don't know if I would put the blame only on the refs. Can I, mean, I can I card? Yeah, of course. Go ahead, Chris. Can I gas bag first before you get the more yeah, uh intelligent oh. response from Trav? Well, just in case people didn't know, Trav is a a, a ref. He he reps for I mean, I don't know where he reps. I guess he could tell us better uh, than than I could, but he 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 I've does done, ref. Yeah, I've done a I've done USL and US Open Cup matches. Okay. So, 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 so there you go. I wanna, Chris, go ahead. Let me give my un, let me give my best uneducated response first before Trav comes in here and really schools the both of us. Marcos de Oliveira is the worst referee I've ever seen in organized sports history in my whole existence. You're getting the finger. In my whole existence from birth until five minutes ago. Worst referee I've ever seen in my whole life. That's my hot take. I don't think and it was I'll, a hot I'll, take because a lot of people agree. Well, and uh, and I'm going to keep taking on that take because he was literally the worst. But I will allow Trav to see if he could school me and educate me on this guy because he, he was a mess. All right. So it, here's the funny part. Uh, one, there is a worst referee in MLS. <laughs> His name is... Fotis Bazakos, or as I refer to him, Fat Ass Bazokos. Uh-huh. Uh, in terms of in all sports, I implore you to watch the Heat. And when we an- uh, turn around and get screwed by Scott, Scott Foster, Foster? Mm-hmm. yeah. If you want to see bad refereeing, watch a little bit of Scott Foster. Yeah, uh, he's got a little bit of a he's got a little bit of corruption in him. You know, he's uh-oh. he's been. He, He's been noted to be uh, linked to corruption in the NBA. So I yeah. can, but I can see that. What's funny about uh, Marcus Oliveira? Marcus is a South Florida native. Uh, I've actually done a little bit over 30 matches with Marcos. Uh, Marcos isn't that shit. Uh, did he have a bad game? Yes. Was he inconsistent? Yes. Uh you know, it, it, it was an off game for Marcos de Oliveira. He's a great ref. He's an even better person. But there was an article that went out in The Athletic today where they talked to Wayne Rooney. And they asked Wayne Rooney, they're like, what 
you know, you played in this league now in this league. What is, you know, the biggest things that have changed and not changed. And his answer was, what's the biggest thing that's changed? His response was the refs have gotten worse. And they turned around, they had a, whatever his name is, uh, Howard Webb, uh, director for pro, uh, who was also on this article. And his response was, it's less that the rest referees have gotten worse. They've gotten younger. They're more inexperienced. Well, five years ago, we were kind of in the prime of referees in the United States. We had a bunch of these referees with 150, 200 games under their belt and who were wildly experienced on every level of the game. Now, we have a lot of referees who are doing their 10th, 20th, 30th MLS game or, you know, pro game, like true professional highest level game. And that's a big drop off, you know, as a referee, you know, I am a much better referee now with a little bit over five and a half thousand games under my belt versus I was when I only had a hundred games under my belt. You learn from your mistakes and you learn from as a referee going back and watching the match and saying, you know, oh man, you know, uh, if I called this chippy foul and gave a, you know, yellow card earlier in the match, then, you know, it would have prevented this from snowballing. So, you know, did Marco Silvera have a bad match? Yes, but he's younger. He's less experienced. It, this is a perfect match for Marco Silvera to look back on and say, oh, man, I oh, I should have given up, you know, Christian Benteke a yellow card earlier in the match for one of his tackles. And yeah, the one on Yedlin before the half. Yes. Uh, or, you know, I should have been quicker on my whistle. I should have, you know, instead of, you know, after every play, waiting two seconds to see if something develops, I should just immediately. <laughs> and, you know, we saw That's a lot good. of that in this game. We saw, we saw a lot of moments where there would be a foul, you know, like M- Miami would foul a DC player. He would wait those two seconds and then the Miami player would take a hard foul. But he'd blow the whistle, and you go back to the first foul. And Miami players got upset. The fans got upset. It's the correct call, though. And and it's the type of thing that he learns from and says, oh, if I turned out and immediately, oh, that first foul, boom, that prevents the second one. It's the first Before you go. Uh, you know, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. Go I was going to say it's the first time that my wife has openly started yelling that the ref sucks, like chanting it. Like, and my wife's not about that life, about like, hating on the refs or the players, but she was chanting it. So even people, everybody was feeling like, uh, you know, a certain way against that ref. And, and, and Rob, who sits in our section, by the way, Rob, Rob representing the one, two, four. Okay. Worst ref. He's he's clowning on me, saying it's the worst ref I've ever seen since I've been watching soccer eight point five months ago. That's Listen, why you haven't experienced fat ass bazokos. Oh yeah. man. I mean, look, I got oh, I got into man. soccer like I, five. I, I got it. I got into soccer like five minutes ago, and and Rob Wise is over here rubbing it in my face. Look, I'll tell you this much: like I said, I've played I've played organized sports before, and I've had experiences with refs, and I've seen refs. 
And to me, this guy was shit. That's what I think. That's so, like a fair assessment. What's funny is I, I shit on Fotis Pizakos because I he did an Inter Miami match, I think, in 2020 and just absolutely fucking butchered it. It, it. it was horrible for both teams. There was a point in that match where both teams were looking at each other and were like, what the fuck's going on? Ooh. I mean, I've hated I'm him not... since then. The last time he did an Inter Miami match was in 2021. The club specifically said, we will not play in a match that Fotis Pizakos is the whistle for. Oh my goodness. It, he he is that bad. And, and if I I will not boo a referee. I'm a referee. I understand. Uh, I get called, you know, like the C All word in three. Names. Yeah, I get called the C word in four different languages. I may not understand three of them, but I get called in four different languages you know, when I'm refereeing a U9 game. The C you know, word. You know, Oof, that's strong. You know, so I'll never boo a referee. Fotis Bizakos. I'm waiting for him by his car. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and maybe yeah. I'm just, and like I said, Danny, maybe I'm just exaggerating a little bit, which I probably am. And I'm okay with that. But it was just a, it was a badly ref game to me. It was, it was just um, bad, Danny. Chris, you, uh, during the game, you were wondering why, uh, we were huddling up so much with Javi Morales. Oh now, my uh, God. That's another thing that just blew me away. Like, right, but, what is but this? I, we're having water breaks. It's like a beautiful day. Like, and well, then I thought it made me, sense. Oh, it's a new coach. Ooh, we got to meet up with his player. Like, what? It, Get well, out of here, bro. I'm sure Be prepared. that. prepared. In that, in You're that done. Get your players ready. Get away. You're terrible. He had one training session. And I have, he prepared with that one training session for nine players to be playing for his team. Six minutes into the game, he went down to 10 players. After one training session, I feel like it's understandable that all of a sudden things go awry and he has to Danny. kind of redo things. And Danny. I thought that it was kind of smart. It reminded me of Jason Kidd. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that highlight of Jason Kidd, uh, the basketball when he was coaching for the Brooklyn Nets where he asked one of his players to knock into him so he could spill water on the floor. So they had to stop the game, and as they're cleaning up the water, he kind of cheaped a timeout, right, because he had no more timeouts. That's what he was doing with Drake. How many times did they go check on Drake? And it gave a chance for the players to go out and huddle up against with the uh, with the, with Javi. He got to talk to them, and then all of a sudden, Drake's back to being good. Now, I will say, I, it scared me a little bit since Marsman wasn't on the, on the bench, but yeah, go ahead, Chris. I... And George, yes, I love the whistle. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a whistle later, and and see if uh, Trav can be able to rate the whistle that I'm gonna do. Danny, shut mm -hmm. up. And um, but Danny, you want to know how many Fs I give about him being with the team for five minutes? You don't care about him. I give being absolutely with the team for five zero. minutes, but you're okay with Phil Neville losing like twenty games. Like get out make of it here. makes sense. At He's been point, with the team before. Be he knows he knows these players. He's practiced with these players. He's watched them. He's helped Phil Neville do whatever Phil Neville does, and he does things. What do you need? This you know who gathering? the assistant? You know he wasn't the assistant coach, right? You know that was well, Jesse Christ. I, listen, I, I you know what, Danny? Well, well, we had three assistant coaches, and, and he was one of them. 
and just looking at the uh, chat, Matthew, the person asking that question is my buddy Eric. So reading comprehension there, bud. Fucking idiot. <laughs> You're done, Danny. That's right. the whole uh, point. So I wanted to touch up on Joseph real quick. Uh, is it time to give up on Joseph? And I mean this in the most respectful way possible because I respect Joseph, what he's done. And I do think that he could still be a, a good player on a team that is built for him. But we're asking the team to play the counter. At least when Phil was around, we were asking for the counter. He's not fast enough to play the counter. And then the way we've been playing, we've just been crossing the ball into the middle. He's not tall enough to catch any of those balls in the box. So does Joseph have absolutely any chance of succeeding with the current roster? Because With the, it, 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 with it, the it, current it roster yeah. or the roster it, it, in one month? No, no, in the current roster. Because it reminds me of Iguain last year where he didn't have anybody to give him any service, so he was just looking horrible. All of a sudden, Pozuelo shows up. And Iguain is the best thing that we've ever seen in our lives. I feel like Joseph could be that if he has somebody like Almada. Remember, it wasn't Almada. It was um, his black uh, his name. Almoran, thank you. Almoran, when he had Almoran, he, he put up how many goals? Was it 33? If he has somebody that can give him some service, I believe that he could still contribute. But because he hasn't had that, it, this just isn't going to work for him. And at this point, I want to see Campana out there. If we have to just have one striker, give me Campana over Joseph. Yeah, but pay attention to what Trav just said, Bobby. He just said it. Are you talking about the team right now or a month from now when we have freaking Boosie Messi? Well, and, 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 and the not next even... game in a month, because if it is, then I agree. But we still have more games to play before that happens. Well, and not even a month. And, and in reality, it's more than a month. It's probably a month and a half. It, it's it's League's Cup. You, you can put League's Cup down as whoever we sign, that will be their debut. Uh, just because of the U.S. visa process and all that fun stuff. Uh, no, I, I don't think we give up on Josef. I think that we struggled without a 10 in the lineup. He struggled for Atlanta without a 10, even when he was or wasn't injured. He he was his best. He was a you know MLS MVP when he had Miguel Almaron right behind him, playing him through balls, playing one-twos with him, and, and allowing him to turn around and find that space between defenders to make runs and get in behind and tear defenses up. When you don't have a number 10, he's dropping deep. He, he's coming back. He, even in this match, you know, in the first five minutes before the red card, there were times where Josef was receiving the ball a lot like Gonzalo Higuain. Yep. Oh all the way back in his own half. And when you're the sole striker, you can't do that. You have to stay high. Oh, so is it time to give up on Jose Martinez? No, no, especially not when he's on a dirt cheap deal. And, you know, exactly when it's still paying more than half of his salary, they're paying about two thirds of it. Now, you can't give up on him, especially when, in a month, month and a half time, we will have a number 10. And that whether number it be 10, Messi or not. whether it be Messi, Pazuelo, Perez, right. no, Di Maria, whoever, we yeah. will have a number 10 in this lineup. Yeah, I agree. But for the time being, Chris, 
if we have a single striker up top, are you okay continuing to see Joseph starting? I'm okay with him coming in as a sub, I guess, but we don't have that number 10 right now. So I'd rather see Campana out there instead of Joseph. Well, I'd, I'd prefer to see Campana over Joseph just for the simple fact that Campana would be a little bit more active on the defensive end. Um, but and, and I don't know if you remember the picture that I sent you or, or that was posted by uh, Mike from the Green Lot about Joseph and Campana sort of having a discussion right outside of the, the team facility. Mm-hmm. That that picture to me screams volumes, and I, I I made a I made a I made a little joke about how it could be how they're talking about how shit the midfield is, and they're not talking to each other about hey you need to do better or I need to do better I can't imagine that conversation's happening, is and they're not talking about chance? the defense. Is there a chance that they're just having a regular conversation? No way. No, no chance. None. No chance. No, 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 no way. No, 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 no. Get out of here, None. Danny. You Don't never talk to your that. coworkers about just regular shit? Like, hey, how no, was that no. Spider-Man Jose universe Martinez, because I, I was there for this. Josef Martinez this. took a back way to the training center to walk around anybody that was outside, including myself, and then waited outside the doors by the gate to go to where the cars were to turn around and specifically talk to Leo Campana. He allowed other players, other fans, other family members to walk past him. He waited for Leo Campana. And that conversation when it started was not friendly. That was not, you know, hey man, you know, you you going out later? I got these three chicks with me. You know, one can be for you. And oh, no, wait, your girl's in the car. It we don't have to tell her. Oh, it, it it wasn't a conversation like that. It was pointing and it, it, it was a business discussion that was not happy. My These two is... were clearly unhappy with each other. And Josef, well, he, he seeked out Leo Campana for that conversation. But why on earth would they have it in front of the parking lot where other people can see him? That's why it makes no sense to me that that would happen that way. Because otherwise they're both leaving for the day. Mm, Might as well get it done. It. There were There were 10 fans. No, and nobody heard what they were saying. It looked like a conversation. Oh, and you know, they he, could be bamboozled, he, like like you're getting bamboozled, it, Danny. It, 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 it could have been Josef saying, you know, hey man, I got these three girls, you know, about to walk to my car with me. Which one you want? Oh, I, I got you. It, it could have been that. I we don't know. It. Oh, are they mad at each other? Is Josef saying, you know, fuck man, you know, they subbed me off for you. You fucking suck. Oh, or is it, you know, God, man, th- this team sucks ass. Oh, that's you going to ask I for think. a transfer? I'm going to ask for a transfer. No, that's what uh, I you think know, it is. Josef is, you know, he could have been asking Campana, you know, hey, man, do you know if they uh, bolt down the tables here or, or not? No, <laughs> you, you don't know, so it's only it, speculation. It, this, this is 100% speculation. They could have been 100% fine and, you know, gone to Tootsie's, you know, banged all three of the chicks Osip was with, or they could have drove off separately, absolutely furious at each other and gotten into a fist fight at training today. We don't know. If, if anybody from Nashville is watching, it's not the Tootsies from Nashville, by the way, that he's talking about. No. Because we've had this discussion with people from Nashville that's been on the show. We, we had a little bit of a confusion. There's, a, there's several Tootsies. 
Well, country, and apparently. and uh, and the one thing I wanted to mention, Danny, and I forgot to tell you this earlier, but imagine with all of this happening, Phil Neville gets fired. You got the 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 assistant to the regional manager, and Javi Morales, that's getting you know basically the leading job. Like, what do you think he feels about all of this? You don't think that that could have been a part of the conversation that they had at the end? I mean, imagine the the situation that 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 Joseph is in right now. That's got to be uh, a part of it too, because Campana has that. He actually knows a little bit about Javi Morales. But what Javi said was that that Joseph got taken off because he had tightness in his hamstring. Now was yeah. he faking the the tightness? Oh yeah, probably. But yeah, that's or, he got taken off. Or it could have been fighting. You know, Campana could have said something before the match about you know, oh man, yeah. You're starting over me, dude. Your ass, your wash. You know, and, and and this was just, you know, it oh boiling over and going farther. We don't know though. It, it's speculation. Oh, Sean. truly, they you know, they they could have gone to Tootsie's afterwards or they could have gone home furious at each other. We don't know. It, it's speculation. Well, that was always the gamble with bringing in Joseph, right? Because everybody knows that he could have these type of issues with his uh in the locker room in general right that's that's kind of the reputation that he had um but like you said depending on the on the moves we make coming up in the in a couple weeks that things could could get settled back down uh and i also heard um some rumblings that it's possible that neville phil neville was at at least the facility on saturday night i don't know if he was there watching the game so I thought that was interesting also that he possibly could have might have been at the facility. Now, what did you think of the fact that Harvey Neville wasn't on the squad at all? That's sad. I think it's purely a coach's decision. I think that was purely, you know, do we need to carry you know, two center backs, another left, you know, a left back on the bench? Uh, do, do we need to carry five defenders on the bench? And the answer is no. I mean, uh, truly, that bench oh, had Noah Allen, nice. Chris McVay, Ryan Saylor, Ian Frey, technically a defender. And, you know, how, how many players are we supposed to carry on the bench? How many defenders are we supposed to carry on the bench? Right. Yeah, I mean, we carried one, two, three, four defenders on the bench. Did we need to carry a fifth? Oh, and you know, I think Harvey Neville is a player who has a lot of class and oh, can turn around and oh, have a future with the club. I rather see Noah Allen on the bench. I rather see Ian oh, Frey on the bench. I agree. Oh. If I had to choose between Noah Allen and Harvey Neville, I, I go Noah Allen. 100%. Yeah. I agree with you. But uh, I thought that it was interesting that he wasn't on there because, you know, I, I thought that he's played well. He, he has a history with Javi. So Javi knows him well, right? Because he played for him uh, on the MLS2 team. So um, I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, and so look at Darren, Darren Cowell was the head coach of the IMCF2 squad. Okay. So, so that's, that's who he would have played for. Okay, so Javi doesn't have a relationship with him. Yeah, Harvey, uh, uh, Javi has more of a relationship with these true academy guys: Ian Frey, Benjer Kamashi, David Ruiz, Noah Allen. Noah Allen, guys that oh, he he's coached in the academy. 
Javi Morales has been with the club since the 2020 season. Before then, he joined the club in 2019. And oh, he, he first coached the academy when we didn't have our own training grounds. We were playing out of just random parks in Miami. And that was the beginning of the Inner Miami Academy. You know, when he, the head coach and director of our academy, was scouting players on his own. Oh, he was the one in the field saying, you know, oh man, you know, that Noah Allen kid looks good. Let's sign him. Yeah. All right. Well, we got the U.S. Open Cup game against, I forgot what was the city in Alabama. Birmingham. Birmingham. Great fishing close by. So you said you don't care about the League's Cup. So you care about the Open Cup because I don't care about either of them. Yes. I I love the Open Cup. I think the Open Cup is the easiest path to CONCACAF Champions League in the MLS as an MLS squad. That's that's the reason I like it because I want want to get into the Champions League for sure. You know, and and it's a lot like UCL in in Europe. Europe. Mm -hmm. If there's one competition that you can get into, you want it to be that. And, you know, if, if in England winning the FA Cup got you into uh, the Champions League, teams would take it a lot more seriously than they do. Oh, So I I love the U.S. Open Cup. I've refereed matches in the U.S. Cup. I met Kaka uh, in a match that I refereed in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, so I, I think it's something we should take seriously. And with only one more match until the international break, Javi Morales should run to this game with the strongest squad humanly possible and get us to the next round and then pray to the you know, to the little ball gods that a home draw against, I think it's Cincinnati or Pittsburgh, winner of that game. A hundred percent, Rob. I, I hate the Open Cup and I hate the concept until everybody reminds me that it's you get into Champions League, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, for sure, I want to get it. But yeah, and, and like, I think it's stupid. The League's Cup also gets you into the Champions League. More teams get into the Champions League from League's Cup. I believe the top three teams from League's Cup make it into the Champions League, but that's because it's two it, it, it's two leagues, two federations. Mm-hmm. Oh, and. You know, I, I think League's Cup is stupid. I think it adds a lot of uh, unnecessary congestion to the schedule. I think, you know... That month of May was brutal. Yeah, in the month of May and, you know, even yes. the first week, week and a half of June is brutal. We've played two games a week every single week for the past six weeks. That is brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. These guys do not have time to properly recover when uh, when we turn around and play on Wednesday, on Saturday, on Tuesday, on Saturday, on Wednesday, on Saturday for six weeks straight. Well, Arroyo got injured, so that's that's gonna be that's gonna be something to watch for Arroyo got Taylor. injured, Ryan Saylor got injured, and Miller uh, won't be Kamal playing Miller, on Saturday. Kamal Miller will be suspended on Saturday, so I predict he'll go. A full ninety plus tomorrow, tomorrow or yep. Wednesday, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I, I, 
I'll, I'll put it out there. I fucking hate leagues, Cal. It hasn't even started. I hate it. I, I hate it so, so, so much. It's the stupidest competition we could have had. That's how I feel about Open Cup. At Open least Cup. Open Cup has history. Yes. Yeah, I guess. But like everybody's everybody's dying to win us. Like, hey, we got hardware. Woo, we're champion. No, you're not. Uh, like at least no, the US not. Open Cup is a hundred plus years series. old. League's Cup was, you know, created what a year ago, and this is the first time we're ever gonna play it. And it's because these two leagues want to turn around and you know make more money. You know, we did we didn't do this because we want to see more MLS against League MX. The vast majority of people don't care. Well, you're, you know you, what? You're right. You, you cannot walk one? around. You cannot walk around an Inter Miami match and be like, you know, walk up to any random fan and be like, so you know, tell me, you know, two sentences about League's Cup and you know, our upcoming match against Cruz Azul. They will look at you and say, "What the fuck is League's Cup?" Oh, you have a better odd of walking around and somebody's and going up to somebody and saying, you know, oh, tell me about U.S. Open Cup, and then at least knowing something. But that's because it's new. Look, if I had to choose between the two, I'd go League's Cup simply because I'd be oh, happier. Wow. I'd be happier beating, let's say, Chivas than beating fucking Birmingham, Alabama. Fuck you're on the sauce, bro. You're on the sauce. Get out of here. I, I'd much rather beat one of those League IMX teams and win a championship between those two leagues. Than beating some USL teams. Who I beat Miami FC and FIU. Who barely. Uh, Charlotte and Sacramento. Uh, like get <laughs> out of here, man. I'd rather beat those Liga MX teams or or MLS teams. I, don't, I really, really dislike the Open Cup. I really do. But yes, as soon as everybody says I can get into Champions League, yes, I agree. I want to win it. All right, thank you. Go ahead. Get out of here. You know what, Sean? You're right, man. This guy, Danny, sucks. That's such a this guy, Danny, is lost. He is. You are lost. I don't care. I, I, I'd I rather beat MLS and Liga MX teams than beat these USL teams. They mean absolutely nothing to me. And apparently, to MLS teams, they also mean nothing because they never run out their full-strength 11. They never do. Because well, because they they're juggling, you know, we play 34 games in the league this year. We've already played what four games we're on our fifth game fourth game in u.s open cup we're now going to play a minimum of three games in leagues cup right there we're playing 41 matches on the year now in a oh, 30 i think it's only a 30 week season i agree with you get rid of the open cup and let's just do the leagues cup Get rid of League's Cup, and this isn't even a problem. The <laughs> schedule isn't as congested as it is. We focus on U.S. Cup. We win U.S. Open Cup. Uh, and, and then we put it right next to our Carolina Challenge Cup trophy. <laughs> oh, so, right that, that's, that's, that's my there. favorite. I hope everybody celebrates it as much as we celebrated that one. Here, just, just in case everybody forgot. We have hardware, guys. We yeah. Hardware. Yeah, fuck Orlando. We got that before them. There we go. Shout so out to the fact hardware. that they're wearing long sleeves. I was at that game, and it was like 50. Well, I, I I can't stand the Open Cup. But, yes, before people start bringing it up in the chat again, I do want to win it because of the Champions League. So, yes. I, I, well, we I, got I, that I, game. We got that game on Wednesday, Danny. And then we got New England on Saturday. So, we might win preview. two games this week. You think so? Okay. We're going to preview uh, New England on Wednesday. We're going to have a guest on. And um, have- I and I'll tell you right now, I don't think we went on Saturday in New England without Kamal Miller and with all the injuries. But I guess we'll talk about that on Wednesday. 
Trav, how are you feeling about this Open Cup match against Birmingham, Alabama? Uh, I feel pretty good. I actually want to go to the match if I didn't have, you know, this pesky thing called work. Um, I, I think we win, and I, you know, I truly, I think the U.S. Open Cup is a great competition, not just because of its history and all of that, but for these, you know, USL and lower league sides. Know, they're going to absolutely sell out this match. It's going to be a packed house in Birmingham. And that's absolutely fantastic for them. It grows a it, it grows a new level of support for the sport. Jesus Christ. Um oh, wow. I see that in the chat. Uh I'm gonna put it up. No, it, I wasn't even laughing at that one. I was laughing at the one above that. Okay. Uh, but it, it, it's fantastic, and it grows a completely new fan base for the game. You know, this is Birmingham's. This is Birmingham's you know, pro, professional soccer team. If this turns around and breeds a new level of fans, a new level of youth players then it's a win regardless of the scoreline on the pitch. Yeah, I guess that's cute, but I, I still don't care about the Open Cup. That's but I, I, I do think we'll win. I do think we'll win. I think we're going to put out our, our best 11, right? Not like other teams go ahead and they put their – like Nashville did – was it Nashville that did it against us? They went ahead. They put – they rotated their, their roster because they figured they could beat us. And luckily, I think that rain delay kind of helped, and we ended up uh, squeaking out that victory. What do you that think? Ma I, that match never should have finished. You don't think so? Well, I think there was lightning going on as the game was going on, right? But they're like, we got to get this game in. Lightning was never more than two miles away from the stadium. Um, <laughs> because it's not MLS, the eight-mile rule technically doesn't apply. So they turned around and were like... Nice. They're like, yeah, we, we can say it's been eight miles, right? Yeah, sure. Chris, yes! what are you thinking about Birmingham? Well, I think that we're going to walk away with a dub against Birmingham's sister cousin wives. I think he was referring <laughs> to the sister kissing that you always talk about with the ties, man. Yeah, but then, I mean, it's a double entendre there, you know? I mean, come on, come on, come on. I got you. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be fun, and then we're going to play against New England. Uh, that's going to be a fun game. Uh, this time it's in New England. Remember we were talking about, I don't know if it was New England or if it was another team that they had like really bad issues with their grass and stuff. Was it New England? Oh, we yes, talked it's when, New England. Gillette it was when Stadium's we were talking turf to... turf is absolutely horrible. Yeah, that's when we were talking to Tommy two time. Yeah. That was, I God, who did we lose last year because of that? So, Oh, that was the match where in the first 30 minutes... Three different players had to be subbed off due to injuries. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly the play. Yeah, uh, New England is known for the field turf. Danny, you probably hope that we lose, no, that we win every game because you love Javi Morales. Let's be clear. I think that I thought that we needed a new coach. That I thought, and I will not, dis I will not say that we didn't. I think that we did. And I think Phil saw the writing on the wall because he he comes from Manchester. He knows what it's like in the EPL. How many how many coaches did Leeds have this year? How many coaches did Chelsea have this year? 
If you do not win, you do not keep your job. If anything, he you. kept it a lot longer than I thought he would. Now, it got to a point where I thought that they would wait for the international break to kind of switch. But it got to a point where like, we, we knew. You could see it with the effort. The effort that they showed this past Saturday with 10 players – under Phil, they weren't showing it if they would have had 12 players. It got to a point where it was just too much. We needed a change. You, I hate you. Well, listen, if you're a fan of managers, you're really going to love the rest of this month, uh, especially when we get another one. So <laughs> uh, don't get too attached. Uh, don't go buying uh, Javi Morales' jersey. Uh, <laughs> well, no, Danny already got it yet. customized. No, but that's what I said last week, though. What I said last week on our last episode was – it made the most sense to have Javi, Javi come on here because it's easier to kind of say he's an interim. He came up through the academy system. He was here as a stopgap, and then they're not—they could call—they're not going to call it a demotion. He's, he's going to go back to what he was doing before. You—it it, it makes sense if you get Jason Christ to be the interim head coach. It looks a lot worse to get a MLS Cup winning coach to kind of coach your team for a couple weeks, and then it's like, all right, my guy, thanks, but no thanks. It just doesn't make sense. So now it makes sense. They can easily hire somebody else, which they probably will, and then have you back to where he was. 86, you can eat it, bro. I don't, you can eat it. I'm not I'm gonna sure. Fra- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame this. Okay, 86? So take that. Uh, for those listening on audio, 86 put on a comment that said, can't be more embarrassing than having a Phil Neville shirt on because – Chris is currently wearing a Phil Neville shirt. Yeah. Well, whatever. All right. Uh, so, just a brief uh, for the people who are on audio and have listened to me say fuck twice in the past uh, three minutes. Uh, <laughs> Panthers scored. It, it's, it was four to one until about five seconds ago. Now Vegas scored. Now it's five to one. So Ooh, that game's over. That game's over. You know, glad to see that uh, Phil Neville got a job in hockey. um do you think that messi if he were to come no you know what i don't want to talk about messi anymore if we don't do that do it just just do it no i was gonna say messi um, just hashtag hashtag would he would he be the one choosing the next coach which i would assume yes. yes yes okay now, if we don't uh, get and, Messi, and, and every and everybody's saying Tata uh, Martina, Martina, you're, Martino. you're out of your fucking mind. They hate each other, so that's not happening. Uh, what do you think Plan B would be if we don't get Messi? Obviously, we're gonna get a ten. Uh, Benzema, we're, and we're getting a ten. Saudi Arabia, we're getting a ten, and we're getting an eight. Those okay. are the two players we're signing this window. We're getting a ten. We're getting an eight. No names uh, that you that you think that were possibilities. Di Maria, maybe. Uh, Di Maria is going to Benfica. Uh, okay. Alejandro Pozuelo is uh, quite simple. Uh, he wants to return. He's out of contract. He will get a visa really quickly here. He knows the club already. He owns property be, down here. That would be so crazy. Uh, a name that. Tom Bogert put out there today. Uh, Azoyo Perez. He is Everton? a... No. Uh, Leicester. He was on loan to oh, Real City, Betis. Yeah. Uh, he is an option. Uh, Miami and another 
MLS club, I believe Nashville have made contact with them to see what his salary would be. It would be hefty. Uh, uh, I see people putting Antoine Griezmann in the chat. I would absolutely love Antoine Griezmann. I, I would do it. He loves my Uh He's under contract until 2026. So Antoine Griezmann's not coming to Miami. Uh, in terms of eights, there was a lot of really good ones available out there. I believe that these are two positions that Miami values experience. You know, we will not have a 21-year-old number 10 or a 21-year-old number 8 in an ideal world. Now, yes, Benja, Ruiz, Ian Frey, they have all stepped into the 8, 6, and 10 role very well for, you know, 17, 18, and 20 years old. Miami values experience in this position. That's why Bryce they, wanted, they, the they want a number 10. That's why Bryce Duke got the number 8 jersey from the beginning of the season. He yeah. was told, if you stay with Miami, you know, we sign you to this long-term contract extension because we, you know, we believe in you and we want you here for See him as a project. Yeah. But if you can't develop as an eight, you're not going to have a future in this club. Yeah. Because the number 10 we need and we value an experienced player. Uh and the same goes for the number eight. That's why, you know, we're talking about Sergio Busquets as Nobody much as I would absolutely hate that. No, that's uh, Blaise Matuidi. Again, forget that. He's Blaise Matuidi again, except Spanish, so worse. Yeah. Uh, uh, in an ideal world, I want uh, Rabio. Uh, and I believe Miami's at least asked what it would take. Uh, it'd be too much. The idea is that the DP is number 10. It is a DP. The number eight is a TAM player. Tam. Listen, one one thing one thing I want to mention before you go on, Danny, because mm -hmm. Lucas put a comment here. Just put Messi in the title. Danny and I don't want to sell our souls, okay? So if you could just do us a favor so we don't have to sell our soul, just like the video, subscribe, <laughs> and we could still remain with our souls intact. Everybody hashtag Messi in the comments, share it on no! Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want. Hashtag Messi, uh, you know, hashtag, you I, know, well, Messi VR, hashtag Messi porn, everything, guys. Well, you know, it, it's funny because we um, we usually send out like a, a topic, so a show sheet, like a topic sheet, and we send it to whenever we have a guest, kind of things we're going to talk about. And there was nothing on Messi. And Trav goes, uh, I, I, well, I'd really like to make a talk point. about Messi? Go yeah, ahead. I'd like to make a point that I read it for like half a second saw that there wasn't messy on there i was like we're really not going to talk about this sweet and, <sighs> and then we we made it about five minutes in before you know idiots like matthew started saying you know matthew <laughs> no, you know, I mean, messy it's, messy it's, messy and it's like fuck i'm it's, gonna it's have okay. to talk about this well I, I definitely know it's a talking point but we've definitely tried to stay away from the messy talk because it's gotten exhausting honestly listen danny and i yeah danny I, I don't want messy I, here Danny and I are essentially like Neo in the Matrix when it comes to doing these podcasts. Like, we're literally dodging bullets all the time just to stay away from this topic. Yeah. You were going to say, Danny? No, I just saw uh, somebody ask, is Uyo still on the team? I believe he is. Yes. yes, yes yeah, yeah, he was out with a knock on Saturday. Yeah. Everybody's all right. Well, no. And then I see Rob saying that, you know, He's never going to let me down if Messi doesn't play in Miami this season. Good. I, I've said <laughs> since January, I don't want him here. 
the last thing I want to fight do is, you know, fight like a thousand kids at, you know, the front of my section because, you know, they're all trying to, you know, get, you know, two seconds closer. I'd also like to point out, speaking of children, uh, anybody else notice the uh, streakers post-match on Saturday? Yeah. Two kids. They jumped out of the fucking West stand. That's the impressive part. Yeah. That's like a 15 foot jump. Well, uh, I I saw them as as we oh, were heading out, but I um I was a little disappointed they gave themselves up so easily. Yeah, they really yeah. dropped on the floor too quickly, man. If that yeah, was I me mean, as a I, kid, but it, no, it's because they were kids. If we would have done it as kids, social media wasn't oh my around. God. You haven't seen those highlight videos of the security guards completely demolishing people. They've seen oh, those yeah. videos. Once they saw that those security guards were close, they're like, you know what? Let me Let's let me get take that. We're gonna sit down. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. I was like, oh come on, man. You got to make it to at least as the players. Yes. All right. I, I uh, like I like to point out that that's happening now. Imagine what happens if Messi comes. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a circus. No, there's gonna be there's gonna be snipers on the top of the stadium. <laughs> you're, you're you're not getting fifty feet near him without getting uh, Mark Wahlberg in the face. God, just American you- sniper all over again. American oh. Sniper Miami version. Could you imagine getting out of the traffic? It's going to be crazy if, if they were to happen. But you know what? I'm here for it because I, I want Messi on the team. But let us be. Let me be very clear. I want Messi on the team this summer. If this transfer window passes and Messi is not a member of Inter Miami, I never want to hear about that guy again, ever again. I don't want that guy. Move on. Let Chris Henderson finally get to work on building this team. And look – there have been how many 26, 27 MLS champions before this year? None of them had Messi on their team. You don't need Messi to win a championship. Yes, you want the global brand, but I want to win, and not an Open yeah. Cup. I want an MLS Cup. So I, I, I'm done with Messi if he doesn't come this summer. I fully agree with that. I mean, I've said that since January, and that you know, I said in January that Miami's going to struggle in the first half of the season because we made a conscious decision about what we wanted. And we and I'm have. okay with it. I'm okay oh. with it. And for now, mm-hmm. you know, if we don't land Messi, was it a waste of a season because you know we waited six months to try again? No, no, because regardless well, what we do, we're going to turn around and get a very high end number ten and number eight yeah. Yeah. this mm-hmm. season and this transfer window. And those players are going to set us up for the future. These are players who are going to sign outside of Messi. He'll sign a three-year deal. These are players that otherwise are going to sign three- and four-year deals and get us to Miami Freedom Park and be the spine of this club for years to come. I agree. I agree. And and that's why I'm okay. Look, again, we said it like an hour ago. I didn't think that this was going to be a messy episode, but it ended up being a messy episode. Hashtag messy. And an hour ago, I said – I get that we gambled away half the season, but it's a gamble worth taking when it's messy at the end, right? But yeah. that's it. Gamble's over. Half the season's gone. We still are within reach of the playoffs, and once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. We saw last year. So I, I'm okay with the gamble. If it doesn't pay off, good try, but it, that's it. Let, let's put this yeah. in the rearview mirror. Good try, but now you owe it to the fans that put up with this crap to, to put a winner on the field. And it doesn't have to be messy. I want it to be messy, but it doesn't have to be. We could win without him. So I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the gamble, but I, I'm, I'm done with it. 
And and by the way, we already have a thumbnail and a, and a show title and everything. As soon as I hit end on the broadcast, like everything's already done. But I, I'm kind of curious now. Like, should I just literally like the title? I'm just gonna put Messi. Just put Messi. I, I like that one by Messi. Rob Wise. Messi, more like Messi. I, I I fucking love that one. That's the name of it. You know what? I, I'm gonna change the thumbnail and everything, and we're gonna see. We're gonna experiment, and on on Wednesday we'll see what the results were. Two, 48 hours later, because uh, Lucas, I'm I think curious. Lucas, I think I think if I'm not mistaken, Trav picked the no, he picked didn't. the steak. Yeah, no. he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, back he in did. I remember. He did? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, he was like one of because the first we... people that did it. Well, he might have been the actual first one then, because Trav, we we didn't do that until late January. That's when we started doing it. Yeah, yeah. I did that back in January because then I got into a fight with somebody in the comments about it because they yes. said some stupid shit. <laughs> oh, they said something right? like, you know, I I like my steak well done. Like, well then you, you know, uh, well then you're might as well just eat, you know, turn around. Oh, go eat leather. Like, yeah, oh, that leather handbag's looking pretty good to you, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, an hour and a half loser in. If you again, eat your steak and I want to say, Jesus Christ. An hour and 15 minutes, I want to say, was like on Messi. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Javi Morales. Javi Morales. Real quick, right before we get out. Javi Morales. What, what, are, what are you thinking so far? We couldn't judge him really on Saturday. Do you agree? This is basically the question I wanted to start the show with and <laughs> asking an hour and a half later. <laughs> can we, can, uh, can we... I, I, I kind of refuse to judge him based off Saturday. Okay. I mean, playing 85 plus minutes down a man, you're, you know, honestly, you could have had Pep Guardiola or Sir Alexander Ferguson as manager. And you're trying to hang and, off and, of that point. And you're either going for a draw mm-hmm. or a loss. You're you're playing that game trying not to lose, Correct. and that's not the way that Javi Morales likes to play. Now we'll see this on Wednesday and on Saturday when ideally that doesn't happen again. Right. Oh, he's the type of manager who's going to go for the win, and you just can't do that when you're down a man for ninety minutes. Listen, these two, these next two games, Danny, are going to be really telling. Mm-hmm. These next two games are going to be really telling, and Lucas is actually interested in what the predictions are going to be against Birmingham, Alabama. I think we're going to blow them out of the water. Do they play on Tuesday or Wednesday? Um, Wednesday, Poppy, eight o'clock, oh. somewhere oh, on Wednesday? YouTube or something. Hmm. So it's going to be like three. Episode. It's going to be it's going to be like three one. Random goal by some rando in Alabama. Juan Agudelo. Is that like an actual player? That's a former Inter Miami CF player from the inaugural roster who now plays for the Birmingham Legion. Mm, look at that. I forgot that about that. Interesting. A little beef. Uh, I think 2 1. I think Birmingham's going to fight like absolute hell in front of their own fans. And it's going to be. A tough match for Miami, not because of you know, talent or anything, but because Birmingham is playing in front of their they're playing in front of their home fans. This is their chance to you know, move on to the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup and advance farther than they ever have before. So they're going to fight like hell, but I think Miami still pulls out of there with a two to one win. I, what about I, you, Danny? I, I'm, I'm right there. Two one sounds okay, and um, I'm not excited about it. But Champions League is what I'm looking forward to. So let's get this Open Cup just 
So I, I don't know. But as far as the the celebratory pictures, I mean, it's gonna be the same to me as that. So that's that's all. All right. Well, uh, I I guess we'll we'll get out of here. Anything else for? Oh well, Trav, tell them where they can find you. Uh, on Twitter at IMCF Traveler. Uh, if you're watching this for the first time, and you see my face. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's disappointing. It's a lot easier being anonymous. Uh, yeah, you can check me out on there. I will say whatever the hell I want and respond all the time. Uh, Trav Chat, my basically live show where instead of you guys being in the chat, you guys can hop on and speak your actual minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be returning soon. And yeah, that's pretty much where I am. If you see me, see me anywhere else. No, you didn't. Well, Danny, I hate you and I you're know. an idiot. I know. And you're a dummy <laughs> loser. And respect the man, okay? All right. Okay, well, guys. It, get out. Thank of you here, guys God. for joining the chat. This was by far our longest episode ever. But wow. when Messi is on the docket, I mean, it, it's necessary. And I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change the title. I'm gonna change the thumbnail, and we'll see where where we're at. No, we'll put out a Twitter poll. You gotta do it. Like us, yeah. like us, subscribe so we don't sell our souls, guys. Come on. No, and uh, again, we I appreciate you guys. Soul. If if you're listening and you listen to all hour and 40 minutes also, we appreciate you also. And again, thank you guys for joining. We'll catch you guys at some point on Wednesday. I didn't realize the game was on Wednesday, so I don't know if we're going to come on after the game or what. But we'll catch you guys on Wednesday. Until then, have a good one. See ya.